Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Any long-term listener of the program knows of uh, my ongoing series that I've been doing with the, the folks at the, wall, at the Washington Post. Love this series and uh, love the, the talk to the various reporters. I, I do want to encourage people, people who know me, know I'm, I'm right of center really when I look at things. Um, but uh, I'd like to get a lot of different perspective. And one of the most important places I go for that is the Washington Post. And so uh, really glad to have on the program one of my favorite uh, writers. She's been on the show, in fact, uh, a couple of times. So, Rachel, welcome to the program. Welcome back to the program real quickly. Kind of give us an overview of what you do, what you cover for the, uh, for the Post before we get into our topic. Sure. I'm an economics reporter here. I write about the Federal Reserve, inflation, interest rates, and increasingly I write about the housing market and commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And you had a very interesting story this week, I noticed, and I wanted you to jump right into that. Well, there is one looming threat that could hit downtowns and mid-sized cities all across the country, even though the economy in many ways right now is doing much better than expected. There are some economists and city planners who are looking ahead a few years down the line and worrying about what's going to happen with all of this empty office space. There's empty office space that's sitting vacant now, and there's a lot of office space coming online that will finish being built in the next couple of years. And there just isn't a demand to fill it. And there's this fear that that could spiral into a broader economic hazard, that that means that property owners might default on their loans, that downtown business districts will be hollowed out if all of a sudden there are all these empty buildings, and that from there, there can be a real hit to property tax revenue or wage tax revenue for cities. Again, this has not happened yet, but it's a small fear that's growing as we settle into this new normal for a lot of cities. Yeah, and and by the way, I think I just introduced you as Rachel, Rachel Siegel. I apologize for that. Uh, your article is interesting, and I've seen this expression, uh, doom loop, more and more. I find it, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately captures, doesn't it, uh, what it feels like. We did a story uh, at the, the Daily Blaze, one of our sites, on this topic, on San Francisco in particular. Uh, I can't believe the devastation I've seen in footage just from a few years ago. I used to go frequently because one of my sons lived there in the tech industry. Talk, You know, talk about how bad this can get? Well, in some ways, it depends on the city. I was repeatedly told by the people that I talked to that there's really no way to make a blanket statement about all cities. There's been a lot of attention put on New York and San Francisco for the reasons that people might be familiar with. These are major, you know, office hubs. You've got Wall Street and and tons of office space in New York. You've got this tech center of the country in San Francisco. And so understandably, there's been a lot of attention on those two cities. What I found, though, in this reporting is that there's a fear that mid-sized cities could actually be more vulnerable to this kind of loop because they don't have other things that could offset the blow. They don't have big tourism or dining or residential business that could keep people in some of these downtown areas. The way one person described it to me, it was like, after hours, if you don't have a draw to keep people in major parts of your business district or downtown that could leave places like Minneapolis or Charlotte or St. Louis a little bit more vulnerable to this kind of loop. And then the other thing that really matters is how a city's tax structure is set up. So if you're a city that relies really heavily 
on this kind of property tax revenue, then you might be in trouble for some of those wonky reasons too. Absolutely. And if you try to transfer that over to uh, an income tax or another tax directly on wealth, then you end up having uh, people who pay a lot of taxes disappearing. You can look at cities like Detroit, for example, as the, the most terrifying example. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is something that, you know, some people would point to Detroit as an example. We're obviously living in this backdrop that we're often saying has never been tested before. And there are a lot of reasons that could not pan out. I've been talking to people who say, well, yes, this is all true, but, you know, this won't be a shock. This is something that business, you know, property managers or builders or banks can prepare for. There's this longer time horizon to prepare. We don't really know how this new normal will settle down, but it's one of these things that really has not been solved. And the sheer volume of the number of these loans that are going to become due in the next couple of years is really drawing a lot of attention. Yeah, absolutely. Rachel Siegel, she is with the Washington Post. She's been on often, and the reason why is I asked for, I asked for you by name. I'm sure you heard of that, right, from uh, Kathleen, from your team. Uh, we love having you on. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. More for you after this. <laughs> 